Welcome back to Massive Positive Impact Radio. This is your host, James Allen, and I'm really looking forward to today because, yet again, another amazing guest. So uh, today we actually have doctor, she's not the first doctor, but the second doctor that I've had in the house, and this is Dr. Karen Perkins. So Karen is one of the top five change managers um, in the country, actually. And she does organizational change and personal change, uh, different change management, change coaching. So it's going to be really fun. She's also a certified NLP coach. Uh, she's noted in the news as one of the top women globally to follow in 2021. And she was smuggled out of Bolivia, which we will get into because I'm really interested in this story. And a fun fact about Karen is that she had 21 scuba dives in her life before she learned how to swim. So this is going to be a lot of fun stuff to talk about with Karen. And uh, she was also featured in the new release of the second edition of The Secret, which is How Thoughts Become Things. So today we're talking about manifestation and uh, the power that our thoughts have on our external world. So working from the inside out is what today is about. How are you doing, Karen? I am phenomenal, and James, I am so excited to be here with you on the show, yeah. and uh, I thank you so much for letting me be here and be a guest. Thank you for being here. Yeah, this is, this is uh, going to be a lot of fun. One of my favorite topics, actually, is manifestation, because I am a firm believer that uh, what we think about becomes our reality. It wasn't until I started really changing my thoughts in my life that I actually started seeing the external results change, you know, by changing the internal, that's when the external started to change for me. And that's where I fell in love with personal development. I was really low self-esteem. I read the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, uh, when I was 17. And that was the ticket that I needed to start my confidence building journey. And from there, like people, I tell people my past and they never would have guessed. And the reason is because I studied, I read that book every day for months on end and, uh, oh, by the repetition that's how I started to think differently. And uh, life has been awesome since then. So yeah, it's powerful. But, you know, you bring up a good point. You read it over and over and over and over again. Yep. And I meet so many people who read a book and put it away. And now they need the information. But yeah, I already read that. Uh, growing up in my household, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich was required before I went to college and I read it a dozen times in the next six years and it was like my 24th time reading it that I went oh I never saw that before right you know when the student's ready the teacher will come yep and so don't get information and say okay I got it once I'm done catalog it if you need to put it away, do what you need to do, but go back and revisit these things that are life changing in a positive way over and over and over again. So kudos to you for doing that. That Thank is you. a big, big thing that most people don't do. Yeah. I think it's important to uh, keep like a rookie mindset, no matter how much you quote unquote, know, because uh, you can think people say, <laughs> Oh, I know people that. Think I, the more people think I know, the more I realize I don't. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Well, it's, you know? it's a common thing. You hear people say, well, I know that I know that, but if like you don't embody it and you don't abide by it and actually are an example of it, then you don't really know it. Like, you know, you should be honest, but if you're lying all the time, it's like, then why aren't you honest? You know, you quote unquote, know that you should be. So do it. Well, and, and maybe you believe you're honest and 
somebody points something out to you, and I don't mean they say you're a liar, but they might say something about leaves falling off the tree, and you have a thought that says, oh, I think I was not being honest right then because I was withholding the truth. Now, I don't tell women they have a big butt unless they ask. I mean, let's just go there right now. <laughs> okay. There are times that you withhold <laughs> the truth. But if they ask, don't lie and say it looks fine because now you've let us go out in public looking horrible. So, you know, be honest. Sure. Uh, <laughs> however, it's it's not a matter of it, it's not a matter of doing anything intentionally. It's seeing things from different points of view. And what you see may not have anything to do with the change that it makes for you internally. Hmm. But it sparks something that hits something else. It vibrates the spider web that our memories are. And the spider web vibrates and something over here goes, oh, yeah. And you want to do things intentionally and really Look at it with intent. Make changes with intent. Mm -hmm. But also be open. I don't care how much you know. I don't care how much of an expert you are. Somebody has a different point of view, has a different thought on it, has seen it differently, and they might just actually be able to enhance what you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. They, you know, and most likely they can. And uh, well, it's I, like even, I always go ahead. It's like even when you hear like kids say something and you go, oh. Wow. But it's, it's like a six-year-old and they said something that was like the most enlightening thing you've ever heard. You know, you, you want to solve a problem, give it to a six-year-old. There you go. Yeah. You know, they'll be creative. They come up with things that our adult mind says, and then they come up with these wild, crazy ideas. And all of a sudden we go, that would work. Yeah. It's <laughs> actually a very good idea. That's, that's uh, a good idea. Yeah. yeah, love it. Karen, you um well real quick, can we just put this fire out the uh the whole scuba diving thing? What's the story behind that? You 20 <laughs> 21 times plus? All right, I I I got to I got to give a little bit of backstory, but I'll make it as quick as I can. Uh we lived in Malaysia for a year and for my husband's birthday, I decided to buy him a dive package cuz he'd been diving for literally 50 years at that point. Wow. And I thought he would enjoy that. So I bought him a dive package. He says, I'm not going to go unless you go. And I says, I don't know how to dive. In fact, I don't even know how to swim. And he says, oh, sure you do. And I says, well, I can get from one end of the pool to the other without drowning, but that's it. Mm -hmm. Well, he thinks I'm being really modest. So he says, oh, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. I don't know. I, I trusted him. I didn't know. So I go and take the class. The first two days are in the classroom, pass all that. And then we have to do four dives to pass to get certified to be able to dive. Right. And we didn't go very deep. The water was, wasn't very deep that we did our practice dives in or our test dives. But the instructor just kept looking at me like, what? But he certified me. So I got certified. Two days later, we went to Bali and we had a 17 dive package in Bali. And we went through them and we got on like the 15th dive or whatever um, when I got caught in a current and couldn't get through. My husband had to grab me and pull me through the current. Hmm. Well, now this whole time, it's just me, him, and the dive master. And he keeps saying, stop pedaling. You're not riding a bike. Stop. Still. And I'm like, okay. Well, 
So I get caught in the current. He has to pull me through it. We get up on top of the boat and he says, what is wrong with you? And I said, I don't know how to swim. And he went, you're serious? And I went, yeah. And he went, oh. Well, by then I'd already been diving. Might as well finish off the trip. So we finished off the trip. Did you know two, two, three, four more dives? I don't remember, but I total was twenty-one. And then we got back, and we were staying in a service apartment. Yes, he did spend the next two weeks teaching me how to swim. But to this day, I cannot swim without fins. Mm. So, <laughs> but yes, that goes to prove you do not need to know how to swim in order to go scuba diving. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. Kind of, kind of funny. You got to admit that—that's trusting fact. somebody. Uh, that's trusting somebody with your life. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, cool. So you are certified NLP coach. You are the one of the main women to follow, and uh, you are a specialist in how our mind works. Really, what are, what is the importance of of our our thoughts to you? Like. Our, our thoughts control, your thoughts flow through your amygdala. The amygdala, I'm going to get scientific for a second. Yeah, go the for amygdala it. is the size of a pinhead, a little bitty thing right up here. Your thought flows through the amygdala. The amygdala assigns that thought its physical reaction and emotion. Okay. People say, well, I can't control my emotions. I can't change my emotions. Well, you can change your thoughts. Therefore, you'll change your emotions. Mm-hmm. But the other thing we don't stop and consider is that opposite emotions have the exact same physical reaction. I mean, think about it. When you're really, really scared, I mean, public speaking, let's say, people, some people are scared of that. I haven't figured that out yet. It's like, okay, whatever. (laughs) I'm teasing now, but um, that's not one of my fears. So I have my own. Um, But let's say they're afraid of public speaking and they have to get up on stage. Well, what happens when they're afraid? Their palms get sweaty, their heart just is pounding and their stomachs tied in knots and their throat starts to clench up. Their baby even starts to sweat a little bit. But what happens if you're really, really excited maybe to, to see a loved one you haven't seen for a while and and, and you're doing something you really love to do. So you're really excited. What happens? Well, your palms get sweaty and tingly. Your heart flutters and you know, your tummy gets butterflies. Your throat kind of closes up. Exact same physical reaction. Mm-hmm. But we look at them differently. Right. So if we stop and we're like, oh my gosh, I'm having these reactions. Say, do I choose to have this from fear or do I choose to have this from excitement for the opportunity? Now, I'm not saying fear is not necessarily a good thing. There are some things that we should be afraid of. But keep in mind, fear is nothing more than false evidence appearing real. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, people hate acronyms, but it's, a, it's true. If it's a fear, it's false evidence appearing real until it's a fact. <clears throat> if it's a fact, it's a fact, and now you can do something about it or figure out what to do about it. Mm-hmm. Everything else is a fear. It's not a fact. You know, and people are like, if you find the things that you're afraid of and get to know more about that thing, get to know what it is about that you're afraid of, your whole world changes and opens up and you have the ability to do things you would never have been able to do before. Um, In the movie, How Thoughts Become Things, I tell a, a true story, a fun story 
a million years ago, because I am a million and five, a million years ago, I was you like this. I was the director of Utah State Parks and Recreations Reservation Call Center. Yeah, no room for my name on that business card. But because of this, we went camping at all the state parks because we were putting together maps so that we could better sell the, the sites, et cetera. So I took various people from the office various weekends and I got to stay at every one of the state parks. Now I enjoy camping, you know, let's make that clear first. Um, but I had most horrible fear of spiders. I would say, I would rather be thrown in a pit of cobra snakes than a pit of daddy long legs. Cause I would rather die of venom than die of fear. And I know daddy long legs can't hurt me. Right. I mean, they just physically can't, but it, it was just that. And we do have some spiders in Utah that will kill you within hours. And so, you know, my fear is, oh, there's going to be one everywhere I go. Well, no, they're in a very, very small, confined area. So I decided if I have to do this, I better overcome this fear of spiders or at least know what I'm facing. So I started to study the spiders. And I found out which ones were poisonous, which ones were not. I found out where they they lived. You know, what is it that attracts them? What do you do to prevent them from getting into your shoes? Um, how do you kill them if it's necessary to kill them? And by the way, if a spider comes to my house, they are dead. So all of you animal <laughs> right activists, just go ahead and hate me now because I did not invite them into my home. <laughs> they are dead. In their wilderness, they're on their own. But in my house, trespassing. <laughs> just go. Um, but truthfully, I had to get to know spiders, and you know they are one of the most phenomenal creatures created by God. If you stop and look at their webs, they're absolutely stunning. The science and architecture behind building these things, mm-hmm. and they're brilliant. And the spiders themselves. If you really stop and look at them with, you know, get past that creepy crawly feeling that all of us were taught to have, most of them are actually quite pretty. Yes, they have multiple eyes and multiple legs, but, you know, so what? I have multiple fingers. And um, some people, that's kind of disturbing. You know, and, and I'm giving a weird example on purpose. But once I got to know about these spiders, my fear of them was gone. Now, I do have a healthy respect for them, and I know where the Hobart spiders live, and I know how to keep them from getting in my shoes, and I know how to kill them before they can bite me and me get extremely sick and or die. Okay, I know that now, so I don't have to have a fear of it. I just know how to be alert and and to watch for it. Mm. And it's the same thing with positivity and with the people we hang around with if you truly study thoughts if you truly study energy if you truly study the way that all of this flows through our body and we cannot deny that the energy flows through our body and thoughts are energy we the whole universe the one law of the universe is energy if we get to know this better then our fears begin to align and stop being fears or become facts. And if they're facts, now we can work on what is necessary to fix it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know to be afraid of scuba diving. Didn't know. 
had you told me more about scuba diving and I'd really taken time to study it, I probably wouldn't have done what I did. <laughs> but I didn't have a fear of it. And really, other than getting caught in the current, I was fine. Right. Anybody else is like, oh my gosh, I would die. I'm claustrophobic. Well, guess what? I'm claustrophobic. Do not put me in the middle seat in an airplane. I, I can't breathe. It's like the oxygen is gone. I know it's not fully, but I'm not getting enough oxygen for my body to feel like it can function. Mm -hmm. But scuba diving, no problem. Of course, lots of oxygen because you got your tanks. In there. But right. it, it all comes back down to your thoughts and you can control your thoughts. And I'm going to say one more thing, and then I swear I'll stop talking and let you talk for a minute. No, it's, you're Dr. Not Dr. Victor Frankel, um, he was one of the prisoners in the um, concentration camps. And the camp he happened to be in was one where they were doing human studies on the human reproductive system. Hmm. And the studies they were doing were not very kind. Mm -hmm. Um, or sanitary, um, excruciating pain was caused. And he noticed one day as he went back to the bunkers or whatever they called it, when he went back to the camp itself, that there were two types of people there. There were the people that were decaying and thin and looked like they were going to die at any minute, and they were depressed and just life is miserable. And then there were the people that actually were telling jokes and were taking part of their food ration and sharing it with these other people that were sickly and dying. And he said, what's the difference between these two? They're going through the exact same tests. I know I'm in the room with them. And he realized the last of the human freedoms was the human mind. He said, they can cut me, they can make me bleed, they can torture me, but they cannot change my thoughts. Only I have control over my thoughts. And he decided that day he was going to live and he was going to help millions of people in the world understand that they have the human, well, the last of the human freedoms. They have that freedom of thought. And it's their thoughts that make the difference and the thoughts that those people had that, yeah, I have a heavy heart. This sucks, but I choose to be happy meant they lived. And I mean, some of them didn't. You, you get shot with the gun, you get shot with the gun. Yeah. But if there was any option of living, those are the ones that lived where other people died because they gave up mm -hmm. and they said, I'm done. And where are we? Have we given up and said, I'm done? Or are we saying, I still have control of my thoughts? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like what Ralph Waldo Emerson says, is stand guard at the portal of your mind. And it's so true. And when I first heard that, that was like eye-opening, aha, huge perspective for me. Because it's true. I mean, that's how, you know, like I said in the beginning, how I was able to change from being really insecure and having really low self-esteem to being as confident as I am. When people see me, they say, James, you're just a really confident person. Like, what's the one word you think about when you see me? Confidence. And that's why that's what I do is help people have that unshakable confidence. But the way that I was able to change it was through that repetition, through the consistent study, through the obsession of being better. And, you know, it's, it's yes, the thoughts are the fundamental piece. That's what we have control because as you mentioned earlier, where the feelings that we feel are correlated to the thoughts, but the thoughts are the foundation. 
and then the thoughts lead to feelings and then those feelings lead to actions and actions lead to results. And it's that, yeah, it's, you have to stand guard the portal of your mind because your brain is always thinking of different thoughts. And I, I mean, a lot of people, it can be challenging. I know for a lot of people to pinpoint what they're exactly thinking. And that's why it's, it's easy to pinpoint how you're feeling, you know, but sometimes it's hard to pinpoint how you're thinking and those feelings are directly correlated to the thought. Yeah. And one of the things I teach in one of my books is um, emotional power, which is basically the logic behind emotion and the emotion behind logic. Mm. And, and one of the things that I, I really encourage people to do is don't worry about your thoughts for now because if you walk around all day long going what am i thinking what am i thinking what am i thinking you're, you're going to drive yourself nuts right but pay attention to how you feel and if you feel good ask yourself well what was i thinking or doing and do i like feeling good and if you do continue to think those things mm -hmm. okay and continue to behave that way if you're not feeling so great about something you're sad you're depressed you're you're lonely you're you're hurt, you're angry. And by the way, anger can be a good thing mm -hmm. if it's used as a tool and not a weapon. Um, but you know, feel the emotion. And if it's an emotion you'd rather not have, then as you have that emotion, stop yourself and say, okay, what am I thinking right now? Mm -hmm. What led to this thought? And do I like this? No, well then do a mental shift. And, you know, they're not that easy, but they can be done. Can I tell you another really fast, fun story about mental shifts? Always, please, yeah. So this time's four. So I'm driving down the street, okay? Anybody ever done that? You know, driving down the freeway. Yeah, okay. I'm driving down the freeway, and I need to change lanes. So I look over my shoulder. I look over the other shoulder. I look in the, you know, rear view mirror, check both mirrors. I'm good. So I go to change lanes, and you know what happens, right? Yeah, someone's there, and they honk, and they wave, but somehow they only waved with one finger um but that's i was so embarrassed i'm hurrying get back in my lane and i'm like waving with all fingers and thumb i'm yeah. sorry i'm sorry i was horrified and so embarrassed that i had just cut them off because i really did look and it wasn't my intention so i'm just like i'm sorry i'm sorry and i'm really embarrassed so i'm driving along and it couldn't have been more than 15 20 seconds later and if it hadn't happened so quickly, I don't know that I would have had this mental shift. Somebody cut me off. And while I'm driving, I'm going, idiot, moron, who taught you how to drive? Yeah, wait a second. <laughs> I'll bet they feel as embarrassed as I just felt. Right. And all of a sudden, it clicked. And I went, mental shift. Here's your mind shift, folks. So... From that point forward, when somebody started to pull in, I would slow down and let them in. And if they, you know, I, if they pulled in too close and I had a slam or anything, it was like, oh, how embarrassing. Mm -hmm. And if I think they did it on purpose, I say, how embarrassing to be them. But the fact is, because I no longer felt like everyone was a moron and an idiot and didn't know how to drive, I felt like they were courteous people who didn't see me made a mistake. They were embarrassed if they came over. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it's funny because my near misses went down to next to nothing okay. because I was more alert subconsciously of what was going on around me. And if it looked like somebody might be going to change lanes, I just slow down and let him in. And some people are like, well, why do you let him in? They're going to, 
honestly, I've never let anyone in at any speed that wasn't more than that was more than three cars ahead of me at the off ramp. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> let them in. The right. three cars at the off ramp's not going to kill you. So I was calm when I got where I was going because I wasn't doing road rage in my mind or out loud. And I was a better driver and I had more compassion for other people. And I mean, it was just a trickle down effect and it may or may not have impacted anyone else in the world, but it impacted me and my attitude for where I, when I got to where I was going right. and it came from one simple thing. When somebody pulled in front of me, if my first thought was idiot, the second thought was, no, that's embarrassing. I remember how embarrassed I was. Mm -hmm. And now I don't even think idiot moron who taught you how to drive where for yeah. a lot of years, everyone I drove with, those were the kinds of comments and statements they made. Right. Yeah. I think that's, um, that's a really cool story and it's true. It, I mean, those little things like the road rage, someone cuts you off. Everybody's experienced that you get frustrated. Maybe it ruins your entire day, depending on what the day is like. And it's like, it's something so small that now you get to suffer for the whole day because of that. And it, having these little mental shifts like that is so big and being in control of your thoughts. Because if you weren't in control of your thoughts, you wouldn't have been able to change it. And the real key to thought control is awareness. And the way that we boost awareness is through repetition of study and just repetition in general. Yeah. Studying different ideas, listening to different podcasts, being around different people that feed our mind. It's paying attention to what we're feeding our thoughts with, what we're feeding our mind with. And that's going to be the gist of what we think in general. Well, and I'm going to tell you with the people you surround yourself with, and I, I'm going to openly outright encourage you to have a coach. I don't care yeah. who your coach is, as long as they're a good person and, and they're uplifting you, but have a coach. And if you have a coach that doesn't have a coach, find a different coach yeah. because you'll coach with somebody. Well, my goal always with the people I coach is to have them outgrow me. Mm-hmm. Because I specialize in an area. Yeah, I can do a multiple things, but I specialize in an area. I want them to get so good at that in their life. They don't need me anymore. Right. And I've had people that I was their coach and mentor end up being my coach and mentor and other things and vice versa. I've had people that were my coach and mentor that later on came back and said, would you be my coach? Mm -hmm. And, you know, James, you're a coach. You're a fabulous coach. You've gone through all of the things you need to do to be a coach and you're conscientious and you continue to study. And I know that you continue to study and have mentors and coaches. That's what makes you a great coach. Right. And it, it saddens my heart when I hear these people say, oh, yeah, I took a class 20 years ago. Therefore, I'm no, no, <laughs> one, you've forgotten to the world's changed. And you got to keep up and keep going and keep growing. And again, that's the repetition. Mm -hmm. That's the keep studying. That's the keep learning. So folks, go work with James because you know him and you love him. You see him every week. <laughs> so do it. Um, but if you have any other coaches in any other areas who don't feel like they need a coach, I, I'm going to tell you to run, run very, very quickly and very, very far away. Right. Yeah, it's you have to, because life is just constantly growing. You look at nature, grass. If you leave your lawn alone and you water it or just leave it there, it's going to overgrow. It, nature is always growing. The universe is always expanding. And it's the same thing that's inside every single one of us. So we have to constantly be growing. And if we stop growing, 
then you, you just stay stagnant and then you get frustrated. You feel quote unquote stuck because you're not growing. You're not improving in any way. And I have like, I have, yes, get a coach, make sure your coach has a coach. Uh, or if you're like me, I have like three different coaches. So I, I have multiple coaches. Yes. Right. And you know, everybody's got different specialties and whatnot, but it's, it's huge to have that, to keep my head level and to have my own support system. Cause I mean, even some people have that belief, like, Oh, if it's a coach, like they're just these perfect human beings. It's like, we're pretty freaking awesome. I'll be honest, but uh, it's, oh, well, we, we are, and, and we're awesome in the, fact that our primary objective in life is to help other people exactly so that makes us awesome i i'm gonna own that oh yeah <laughs> there was a long time i couldn't own that right i own that we're awesome but i also own that other people are awesome and how much more awesome can i be if I bring them into my circle and my world and learn from them and their awesomeness. Yep. 100%. Yeah. Together we got this for sure. Um, yeah. I think, I mean, for me, what the biggest thing, and because I learned from Mary Morrissey, who you're familiar with, yeah. and uh, she taught me all this stuff about how thoughts become things, a law of attraction, and like the importance of the thoughts that we think. And I said, wow, this is, this is cool. This is crazy. Because what I always wanted. Um, when I was in this point where I knew about the four agreements, which is about personal freedom and power and everything, but he also teaches things very differently than how Mary teaches it. So I'm like, what I've done is blended the two because she's very like thoughts do become things. And, uh, Don Miguel says like, don't think it's like, what, this is so counterintuitive. You know, it's kind of a, it, yeah. And he, he means like not thinking the thoughts that are negative, but like, we still have to think because even the first agreement is like be impeccable with your word which is also your thoughts well and and one thing that that has saddened my heart that a few people got caught up with with the secret and even some without thoughts become things is they say well i I believe in the law of attraction i'm believing that it's going to happen i see it's right there so it's going to come but they're not bringing it in yeah you can't just look at it. You've got to physically take the act to incorporate it, to bring it in, to make it part of you and to be whole mm-hmm. with it. Right. And that's the one thing that a lot of people forget. Yeah. Is yeah, I can think I can think I'm six feet tall. I can think it all I want. I'm five one, five two on a good day. I'm not gonna be six feet tall no matter how much I think it. Now, if I want to go have my legs broken and rods put in and whatever, okay, maybe I could. Do I really want to even chance that? In reality, no. But just thinking that's not going to make it so and just saying I'm going to attract it to me through my thoughts. Yeah, you clear the debris and you attract those things to you, but now you've got to do something with them. Elsewise, they're just hanging out there around you. They're not part of you. So right. make them part of you. Right. Yeah, I think, I mean, I the best way I've heard about and what I believe the uh, law of attraction works is that there's you, then there's a thing that you desire, whatever it is. And then every time you take an action, you hold, you have to hold, it's a full body experience. It's like holding the thought, the clear, crystal clear picture of what it is, having that emotional response to that picture. Mm-hmm. The emotional response is like what pulls it in. It's that desire and expectation. Yes. So the desire is throwing out the hook if you're fishing 
and then expectations, what reels it in. So those two co components are there, but then action is the other thing that brings it into closer proximity. It's like having those two magnets on a desk, they just get pushed a little bit closer and then eventually they get so close to each other, close enough proximity that they suck together. And that's yeah. where you've manifested the thing that you desire. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. But it takes work. You know, it's not just like just that we think the things because there's a lot of people that have dreams and then nothing ever happens. You know, it's um, you, that's where that action component is so big with the law of attraction as well. Yeah. Well, my, my dad used to say, well, just act as if mm -hmm. act as if you're a millionaire. OK, but he forgot what that meant or didn't know what it meant, maybe. And it would be, yeah, I got millions. I even got myself a Cadillac. Okay, that was a lot of years ago when that was the thing to do. Right. But he didn't do the things necessary to open a path for that kind of abundance or to actually go after it. He just said, I'm going to pretend I am. Right. Well, there's a difference between pretending and attracting it and really embracing it mm -hmm. and that's what you were saying you've got to embrace it and bring it into that proximity but then really just emotionally bring it in and that's yeah. the emotions that's it's a big deal it is yeah well, i think uh the other component like to top what you're talking about is making it welcome is uh like you end a relationship i ended a relationship that i was it we just weren't very compatible i found out and that ended the relationship and now what i did is i just opened up this door for a new relationship, but emotionally I was not ready until down the road. And it was pretty crazy because I kind of wanted a girlfriend. And at the same time I was seeing people and was like, Oh, this is kind of fun being a bachelor, you know? Uh, but there were times where the juice was more worth the squeeze to have a girlfriend. And yeah. I remember like one day I just sat down and was like, I want a girlfriend. I said, yes, this is what I want. I made that firm decision inside of myself. I already had it open right there, but now I was emotionally open as well. And then yes. two weeks later, I go on a date with my current girlfriend and we've been together ever since. And she's awesome. Like I love her like crazy and uh, we're very compatible for each other. And um, it was, it was just pretty crazy. Just like look back on that experience on how, when I said, yes, I want a girlfriend, like I for sure do. It's not that iffy, iffy, cause I was iffy, iffy for months. And once I finally made that firm decision and made it open and welcome, just went on another date, took that action, and she just came into my life, and it just no no resistance ever since then. Well, and if you want to look at it energetically, you cannot fill yourself with energy if you're already full. Mm -hmm. By saying yes, what you did is you released the energy of uh, maybe, maybe not, and you opened up a space for that energy to come into, mm -hmm. which manifested it into your lovely, beautiful, wonderful girlfriend. Yeah. You know, but you have to, and it, it's like, you know, if you're, you're working with someone, you have to give something up so that they can give to you and you have a place to take it, right. be it that it's a payment, be it that it's a, a trade, be it that it's working, whatever it is, but you've got to, it's a give and take. And you've got to open that up. And the law of attraction does attract it to us. But if we don't open ourselves up to receive it. And like you said, you had to make that commitment and say, yes, I am ready. I'm ready for it. And that just that mere fact and that mere act of committing to it 
opened up that space to attract in that beauty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So powerful stuff. It's really cool when you work with it, but uh, a lot of people it's foreign. It was foreign to me when I first started, but I studied from Mary for years and just like listened to her programs. I listened to her, went to her events and everything. I was certified by her and she's the one who introduced me to all of this stuff about how thoughts become things. Then I was introduced to Bob Proctor, so on and so forth. And now the Karen Perkins and, um, <laughs> It, yeah, it's, it's really powerful stuff. It works when you work it. And I think that if, if it sounds foreign to someone like woo woo stuff, like I'm a fairly woo woo guy, but not a very, very woo woo guy. You know, I just, if it works, I'm going to work it, you know, and uh, it's through that repetition, that study, constantly paying attention to what's feeding your mind, who, uh, who are the people that you're surrounding yourself with and what are they feeding your mind? Those are the powerful components I believe that make change. It's funny because the more I study the sciences, and I love the sciences, I have a very analytical brain. Um, the more I study the sciences, the more woo-woo I become. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it, it's all scientifically based. Right. People just don't want to accept it because they, they can't often see it. Yeah. But oh, much of much of what's involved in science you can't see anyway until you go and you do the studies and break it down into the very smallest molecules but mm. yeah no it's it's all scientifically based i mean energy is the law of the universe right yeah yeah i think that when we experience it then we believe in it especially consistently if you attract things into your life that you desire or that you don't desire i mean i've thought in my head like oh it sucked to get pulled over by a cop and then i got pulled over by a cop <laughs> and i was like dang it i just manifested a ticket <laughs> Darn it. All but, right. uh, so you're talking about manifesting. I'm going to give them a challenge to manifest. Yeah. And then I'll let it. you do your thing. Sure. I, I had a friend many years ago where I was uh, on the road speaking where I was in a different city every day. And we always let her drive because if she drove, we parked up front. And it was to a point where it's a joke. Her friends would borrow her car if they were going to Costco so they could park up front. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know how you do it. I always end up in the North 40. I mean, you know, as far away as you can get. And she said, from, you know, for the next two weeks, when you pull into a parking lot, I want you to chant, I've got a parking space right up front. Well, the first week I went, I'm going to parking space right up front. I, you know, sarcastic because I knew it wasn't going to happen because I mean, I always get in the back and we got back together because we went on the road again and she said, okay, you can be sarcastic, but at least say it like you believe it. Even if you don't say it like you do. Well, I will only drive around the, I'll go once and do the second loop and then I'm done. Yeah. I don't keep circling. Right. 95% of the time I'm within the first three stalls of handicap. Well, now, is it because I manifested and everybody felt my energy saying, hey, Karen's coming. I got to run out and move so she can park in my space. Or did I put myself in a place to look for what I wanted? Because mm. before I would drive once and it wasn't there and I just go settle. Mm. And now I'm like, I know somebody's going to leave because people in the front leave as often as the people in the back. Right. And so I just, I believe somebody's going to leave and, um, almost always somebody is leaving or leaves 
And now I've got my parking space right up front. And it's funny because my kids are older than you. And they do it now. They'll pull in a parking lot and you hear them under their breath going, I've got a parking space right up front. <laughs> and almost always they do. Yeah. But I think a lot of that is opening ourselves up to the possibility. Mm-hmm. Being open to the possibility. So everybody chant, I've got a parking space right up front. Mm-hmm. Pretend you believe it, even if you don't. But watch how your mind opens up to the possibilities and you receive more and more that you maybe weren't receiving fully before. Right. That's cool. I'm going to try that out. I've got a parking space right up front. There we go. Um, Okay. So there is one question that is a given question. I'm always going to ask everybody on this show and it's what is your MPI? So what's the massive positive impact that you want to see, create, or be a part of in this world? I want everyone to know that somebody loves them and that they have hope and there are people there for them. And uh, I've seen too many sadnesses and too many people attempt or commit suicide when there were so many people that loved them, but they just didn't know it because they didn't, the people didn't know how to share them their love and to share with them that there's always hope. My mom would always say, it'll all be all right in the end. If it's not all right, it's not the end. Mm. And so my my massive movement is just to let the world know there is always hope. And somebody loves you. And if nobody else, I love you just for the mere fact that you're another human being. Mm. And uh, I just, I want people to know that there's hope and that they're loved. Beautiful. Well, thank you. That's huge. I'm sure someone has to hear that right now. It's always nice for me to hear too, but thank you. I'm grateful to have you in uh, my circle now, Karen. This is very, very cool. We're best Uh, buds now. Don't you forget that. I will never forget it. (laughs) Uh, I'll be stalking you. Oh, okay. Well, let's close this interview. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Uh, Where can people find you? That's real easy. DrKarenPerkins.com. Cool. And it's drkarenperkins.com, but if they spell the word out, it's still going to take them there. And if they want to send me a quick email, it's just karen at drkarenperkins.com. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah, I'm essentially the same thing. So if you guys want to hear more about me or learn more from me, just go to jamesallencoaching.com. Uh, Allen is A-L-L-E-N. And if you want to send me an email, it's james at jamesallencoaching.com. Keep it simple. Awesome. Karen, thank you so much for being here. And uh, yeah, I look forward to a long relationship together and what we can accomplish together. You're a delight. Thank you for having me on. All right. (laughs) Bye-bye, everybody. Keep making MPI.